Hey, Murph here. I'm a former heroin addict, current alcoholic, and you're tuned into Self-Medicated Weekly Dose, a podcast all about drugs and the people who use them. As always, this program is inspired by the harm reduction movement, informed by my personal experience using all sorts of drugs for damn near 30 years, and enlightened by my special guests. <laughs> and holy hell, do I have a dynamite guest on my hands today. He's a writer and comedian. You've seen him on Conan, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Late Late Show with James Corden. He was head writer and an executive producer for Jesus and Marrow on Showtime. He earned four Emmy Awards, two Peabody Awards, and three WGA Awards as a staff writer on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. His debut stand-up special, People Pleaser, was produced by Comedy Dynamics, and it's available to stream now. I highly recommend it, and God damn it, he truly is the sweetest man in show business. Please, <laughs> welcome to the program, Josh Gondelman. Hey. Oh, thank you. Wow. The crowd goes wild. I mean, they're they're all day. They've been waiting for you here. They they've lined up outside. I'm, I'm, you've been keeping them in a basement. Just I have. Yes, yes, yes. They're in. They're in the crawl space uh, of my home. Uh, so let's. Yeah, intimate. It's finally. Yeah, it's time for them to be out. I I feel like that's how you get the hottest. The, you know, the hottest crowds. Yeah. Like they, they come out. They the lights hit them. They haven't seen light yep. in weeks. You know, they're they're feeling yep. great. Well, I feel like when you have the wisdom is right. If you have a show that's free, sometimes the audience feels like they're not invested in it, right? They just can kind of come and go as they please. That's but right. you have an, when you have an audience that you have just freed from a crawl space, <laughs> then they have they're really psyched to be involved in the show. They are. They, they feel. They feel. Yeah, they're just they're happy to be alive and to be uh, to be a part yep. of the show. But that's a captive audience uh, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what's new, what's going on in your world? Just, you know, personal, professional, how you feel? Personal has been, my personal life has been very lovely and cozy. Um, my wife and I have been kind of just planning for the summer, which mm -hmm. I'm excited about mm -hmm. our dog busy is a very elderly pug at yes. this point. So she kind of dominates our daily schedule. Sure. Sure. Um, the older the dog gets, the more it's like a human infant, I think. <laughs> yeah. And no, I feel like that balance is exactly right. I feel like our 19 month old daughter and your elderly pug, I, th yeah. I think they're the same. Yeah, she's 16. Our pug is 16 years old. Oh, God bless. And she's just such a sweet little clown, but she's also like very fussy and opinionated in her old age. Sure, sure. Um, and then professionally, I've been splitting time between touring, doing stand-up, and then picketing with Hell the yeah. Writers Guild of America, which is on strike currently. Yes. So Solidarity. It's, like it's such a, very, a beautiful thing to see. It's been really amazing to see solidarity from inside the membership and from outside the membership, from other unions, from the, the gen, you know public at large. It's been really like um, pretty amazing to see that people feel a community with the, what, the fight that we're in the middle of. Hell yeah. Uh, we got a jam-packed program here, Josh, and uh, I like to start things off with a little number called the Substance Report. This is the question. Do <laughs> junkies' lives matter? So here's the deal. You know, the mainstream media's narrative on substance use has always been garbage. So what I like to do here is, is take some top drug-related stories in the news and give them proper coverage from a drug user's Let's perspective. This first number here was an interesting uh, story that uh, one of the listeners sent to me. And uh, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. There's, there's not much to, I'll just give you the headline here. This is from Vice. A white nationalist <laughs> took MDMA for a drug study and renounced his racist views. 
The man who led the Midwest faction of a white nationalist group said he realized, quote, nothing matters without love after getting high in a University of Chicago study. Uh, OK, so, you know, first off, I guess, uh, you know, MDMA. I've had wonderful times on MDMA. Didn't have any white nationalist views to, to shed. Uh, but, you know. And you didn't become a white nationalist. And I also didn't become. MDMA. You're right. The other way. Yes. Yeah, it uh, doesn't go. Yes. Nothing matters without white love. Um, white American love. Yes. Uh, no, I didn't have that other experience. And I, well, I wonder, first off, what your experiences are just, I guess, with MDMA in, in general. Sure. And like kind of like, is this bullshit? <laughs> what do you think about this? Because it was an anonymous, uh, you know, the guy didn't want to give his name. So my personal um, my personal experience with MDMA is that I tried to do it once on New Year's Eve 2010. And what we ended up acquiring, my uh, partner at the time, what we ended up acquiring was not drugs. It was uh, some kind of anodyne and sand, like decorative sand could have been. Oh no. Talc. Oh um, no. Yeah. So, but I was, I, I'm not, oh, there we go. I'm not like a super experimental person with, with drugs in my own life, but I was convinced to do it because I, I to try it because a friend of mine told me, that he's like, I've done every drug there is. And it's the only one that I think is like worth it in the long term. He goes, I, he's like, I do it once a year and I always end up like crying and calling somebody that I haven't talked to in too long that I have a stupid grudge with and like mending fences. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, that's a really beautiful testament to um, like what, whatever the drug opens up inside you. Yep. And I was like, I think if it's the kind of thing that can make people feel more like connected and harmonious. This feels like a worthwhile attempt and biffed it. <laughs> Did not <laughs> just got but, sand. pounded sand, but I felt very accomplished. Yeah. For, yeah. For even just giving it a shot. No, I think that's, I think that's uh, great. It, there's nothing worse though than taking like, especially with, like a drug like MDMA. I, I think like any uh, psychedelics acid uh, or mushrooms or whatever. I mean, mushrooms, you usually kind of know if you got what you, what you got. But uh, I've, I've had some bunk right. acid in my day and there's nothing worse than taking it and you're, and it's just the waiting game and you feel the little bit of the butterfly. Yeah. You're like, is it all right? Are we, are we going? Are we going? Uh, but then you yep. never go. It was, it was like hours of like, do we take a little more? Yeah. Is this, is it? I, okay. I think I'm starting to feel it. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> I was just a uh, breeze. Just a breeze. Yep. yep. Just a cool breeze. Like not ready to uh, bury the hatchet with that person I was just about to call. Uh, but Oh yeah. Still furious. Still. Yeah. Still <laughs> holding on to that. Uh, That's how I knew. I was like, I, all my enemies, my enemies list still fully intact. Yeah. At the end of the night. It's, it's funny because it's like, it, you know, it, it feels like the, like the, you know, like the sketchy, you know, sketch uh, comedy version of like, yes. you know, MDMA of this idea. Like this feels like a pitch, you know, of, for a sketch. Uh, so that's why I kind of read this and I was like, yeah, you know, not to, not to knock vice and they always get, you know, I get why this dude wouldn't want to say his name. Although now it's, well, maybe he's, in, you know, his, his, his former, uh, you know, a uh, crew might, might not be pleased. Uh, you know, that's like kind of a thing where you don't just, I guess, get to walk away as much. I don't know how white nationalists, I don't know if are talking about neo-Nazis yeah, here. Or, I don't know whether it's like the mob or whether it's like a, like an adult, um, like kickball league where you're just right, like, right. yeah, you'll just be one short next week. It's yeah. Right. Yeah. You're just you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I guess, uh, Randy's gone. Randy's took yep. some M MDMA and he's long gone. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun drug. It's it's a tough drug to take consecutively. I I, I found uh, my my uh, my lover Diana has has uh, sworn it off forever. We took it on a New Year's Eve. Also, uh, I believe it might have been a little later in 2010, but 
Yeah, I took it on a New Year's Eve. I took it actually. Now that I'm thinking back, I took a, a bunch in Philly on in the in the year 2000 in the New Year. So I I took it uh, going into the old Y2K. Oh, uh, all right. Expecting, wow. yeah, expe- and you know, obviously felt great. It was a great way to roll into that like big bust of nothing that was Y2K. You wanted to greet the apocalypse with love in your heart. Yeah, yeah. And I was not a tech savvy person. I don't know how how you were back in in uh in the year 2000, but uh, I didn't really grow up with uh, with computers. I really didn't know much about it. So I kind of thought it was like, oh, yeah, this – like I was at like a – I actually went to a rave. The person I was dating at the time was very into rave. So this was as cliche as it gets. But at a rave with the MDMA, and I was like, oh, this will – like everything will just shut down. We'll be able to go to bars and just – like, you know, you th- I thought it was going to be chaos. But, you know, yeah. it, it in fact, it was we, not. I was with friends, and we had set up a very old computer, like a friend's – like a computer that was probably – 10 years old at the time, like a desktop computer. And we had set it up to run like some repeating program. It was like a dots and boxes demo game or something, just something like incredibly rudimentary looking. And we had hoped that it would crash. You're like, if anything's going to get buggy, it's going to be this. Yeah, exactly. We're like, there's no way this has been updated to reflect the, the future. So at midnight it didn't and it kept kind of kicking along and then we were mad that there was no impact on this particular device so what we did we were like we're gonna go throw this off a bridge and i (laughs) in my wisdom was like no that's littering but we might get caught but what we should do is we should all write a little message for the future on it because then it's a time capsule and and what better time for a time capsule than the that the moment that the world didn't end That's so we beautiful. all wrote just some bullshit on it and then we <laughs> threw it off a uh, a bridge and then on the way back we got stopped by like what appeared to be a drunk off duty cop um perfect yep and we just uh, one of my friends almost gave us up but we were just like, he he had, he was too forthcoming with the answers to this guy's <laughs> questions. This guy, uh, and then we just kind of hustled home before my friend's parents got in. That's amazing. I wonder if you could yeah. ever get your hands on what those messages were that were written in there. I know. I wonder if they're still there. Oh my god! Yes, we got. I mean, we got to look. No need to say that on air. It'll be like a Goonie situation. People go running after the, running after the <laughs> the, the, the buried Y two K treasure. I mean, look, if this guy figured it out, like with, with some MDMA, that's wonderful. I think you get that pure MDMA. The other problem is you never know, you know, what you're getting uh, because of the, you know, it's we're forced into the shadows with all this. So they have some right. testing strips now that you can kind of, the, the kids are, are, are getting, uh, you know, a little better with it. But it's like, if you hopefully you just get, because sometimes I used to get like ecstasy, whatever that one, it would be like, this is an MDMA. This is like speed with this. Right. It's way well- too... Way too speedy, way too whatever. I remember people started talking about Molly, right? As yeah, like that's right. You go, well, ecstasy is MDMA. And then you go, well, then what's Molly? And they go, it's like just MDMA. Is it, right? Isn't that what the other thing was supposed was to like, be? But like, I grew up on yeah, ecstasy. Yeah, but like, not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do I know that this is the thing? And you're like, eh. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's called Molly. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. We came up with a different name for the same thing that means we didn't fuck with it. It was a good branding move. And I love that there's studies at University of Chicago because MDMA has been, uh, as is ketamine, uh, they've been using it a lot for, you know, PTSD mm-hmm. and other shit. So I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these guys, not all of them, but I feel like a fair amount of these, these dudes spewing this hate and whatnot, it comes from somewhere that might be a little bit of trauma. So I'm, I wonder if too, that that MDMA just kind of opened that up a little bit for him. Hey, to all the white nationalists out there who <laughs> listen to this podcast, uh, get yourself some MDMA. And, and get your head on straight. 
All right. Well, that's the substance report. We've got a, a another uh, segment here that Josh said I love to dive into. And the drug war, after you know trillions of dollars, it's it's been going for for decades. Over the course of that, like with any war, there's a lot of strange uh, fog. So mm-hmm. so this number mm-hmm. is called the fog of drug war. War, it's fantastic. A lot of confusion. A lot of weird shit comes out of war. You know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. But at least it's provided us with some entertaining, stranger parts of the war on drugs. And uh, this week we're going to be looking at uh, the uh, former president, Donald Trump, sat down with uh, Brett Baer on, uh, on Fox News there and did a little uh, interview uh, a couple of week or two ago. And, you know, he's had this thing for a while that he's been kicking around uh, where he talks about the death penalty for drug traffickers. Uh, that's one of one of his uh, his his big things he's been hitting for a while, uh, and you know he brought it up again with Brett Bear, but but this time it takes an interesting turn because there's 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 as you'll see here I'm just trying to give a little bit of uh, of, of setup, but we can uh, we can stop this video throughout and just marvel at the the various twists and turns that uh, Donald Trump takes us on with his with his death penalty pitch here. He's he's got kind of a serpentine speech pattern. It, I mean it's it's Slithertown. It's like if you when you when you transcribe <laughs> when you transcribe it and you put it on paper it's just a map to yeah. Slithertown. It just yes. it just it just ends it ends in uh, yeah. It's it's wild. Um so uh, you know it's hard it's hard to uh, to keep up in that way and he really has, has he struggles to keep up with himself here as a matter of fact. And uh you know Brett Bear I never thought I'd say it but Really, uh, you know, doesn't let him off the hook with with this one. Uh, and so let's just start it off where he where he dives into how he views the, the death penalty in regards to the drug war. When I was in China, I met with President Xi, 1.4 billion people. I said, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 no. I do not have a drug problem. That is a great Xi Jinping, uh, that, that impression. I was going to say, it's let's, weird <laughs> because I feel like he's not doing like the stereotypical Chinese accent, which like is a relief. That's right. Yes. Not have to sit through that, but he is doing like a, he is doing a different guy. He's embodying another uh, uh, person. Let's just say that he's, he's taken on. Yeah. Another person, but he didn't go, he didn't get, he didn't get too hacky with it. So no, he's not doing eighties like uh teen comedy. Nope, 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 no. There's no, uh, yeah, no long duck dong here. Uh, but, but, but this is, uh, something happened. There was, there was a little bit of a change there. Why do you say that is? Because we immediately give a quick trial and a death penalty to drug dealers. And if you go to Singapore, rich, everything else, they, they had a huge drug problem. Zero drug problem. If you want to get rid of it now, I don't know that this country is ready for it. I just don't know. You know, every time I say it, I sort of like it's not easy to say the death penalty. But remember this, a drug dealer, male or female drug dealer, plenty of female drug dealers, too, a <laughs> I drug love, dealer. I, it's, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's one of those things, too, where he's like, well, I want to be inclusive. Of course. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, and we. Thank you for that. We 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 forget sometimes that there are female yeah. drug dealers. In fact, shout out. Pretty soon he'll be even rising in uh, threatening non-binary drug dealers. Yes, with yes, the death penalty. Yes, the inclusive. His act. His his version of, of equity here is is really just making sure that yes. the full. It's the, not DEI. It's DIE. It's, <laughs> yes, will kill approximately five hundred people during the course of his or her life. Now, also that. I don't like that can't possibly even be a shitty like, you know, you can find numbers and statistics for almost anything. Sure. I still think that one came out of 
out of, directly out of his ass. Like I it can't, I can't even imagine someone pretending to do a study where drug dealers, how many people have the, has the average drug dealer, um, uh, men and women ha- killed. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I was like, are you talking about just like male? Just men. Dr- right, right, right. Cause on a, certainly on, on average, I would say they probably kill more. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, you know, men, men and women, they kill an average of 500 in their lifetime, which just seems like that's just not what, what? Like there's all kinds of yeah, drug dealers. Seems- I myself was, would be certainly considered a drug dealer. That's the other wild thing about these laws is like you talk about drug trafficking. That's, uh, strangely enough, even under federal laws, a very, uh, there's a, there's a wide range of what uh, is considered trafficking, um, and as any, you know, drug user knows, if those people are using drugs on the daily, it's like, you know, whoever's copping that day for the, for the group, it's like, oh, my guy got back. We can get this here. It's like you get, you know, you get hit on the wrong day for that. And it's like that's what you see, the terrible stuff with these drug delivery resulting in death with like the fentanyl and stuff. It's just like it's a, it's a roll of the dice. Uh, and they rarely are going after, you know, I mean, you're not talking about El Chapo here with, with every swing of the bat uh, on, on these. So I'm like this idea of like, Everyone kills 500 pip. I'm like, I don't. And it's, I would say, I mean, think about all the people that you know who sold drugs, like even just people who sold weed right. temporarily yep. in like high school or college as like a side hustle. Yes. 500 like, is they've a lot. really got to be bringing the numbers down. I mean, yes, big time, big time. I mean, we're, you know, I, I'm reminded of like the most prolific killers. Like in, 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 you know, people who are purposefully out there trying to kill people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 500 is a lot. That's a big body count. That's a lot. That's a lot of That's people. That's a lot. You really have to put in work. You do. Yeah, you really do. And I don't think the average drug dealer puts in that much work. No, no, not to kill. No, not, not to kill. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's a long like period of people did Tony Montana kill in the movie in Scarface. Scarface. Right. Yes. Yes. In the most over the top, you know, uh, 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 version of, of Go- I, I guarantee you that body count. I mean that, that like, I mean, maybe he says the word fuck 500 times. I mean, that was a big thing in there, think, yeah, I don't think but the body count's not at 500 for, for Tony. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Brett Baer now here reminds him of, of a different, uh, a bit of rhetoric that he had. You were a big proponent of the first step act, the yeah. criminal justice reform. You even ran an ad during the Super Bowl about it. With gratitude, I want to thank president Donald John Trump. A woman who you know very well was in jail. She had 24 more years to serve. She served for 22 years. She had 20 Alice Johnson. Alice. She was in the Super Bowl. High quality. Oh, yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call, and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? <laughs> just gonna stop there for one second <clears throat> yeah so alice johnson that was the big thing where you know he had that stretch where kim kardashian came to him and uh i, I don't think that was the alice johnson thing or maybe but there was another so he was you know, pardoning some people uh he went on a stretch you know because that's that's a nice stroke for the ego it's let's pardon somebody they'll come into the, the oval office oh thank you so much so he went on a stretch of that but now that's obviously very much in conflict with this. And now he's really wrapped himself up uh, in something here that, huh? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> huh? Huh? That's unexpected. Because normally I think this guy, he pivots more smoothly. Yes. He goes, no, 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 no. This is a rare, this is right? a rare fumble. Uh, where, where, huh? I mean, it's like and, such a. Huh? Huh? That was a. 
Right. A full Tim Allen yeah. tool time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, this just goes further and further off the rails as he tries to justify where he's like, no, 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 I didn't fuck up. Like, I didn't forget that I just said I would kill this woman who I'm now saying I saved. So this this recovery is is uh, is something to be As a drug dealer. No, no, no. Under my oh, under that, uh, it would depend on the severity. It would Here depend on the severity. She's technically a former drug dealer. She the she had multi million dollar cocaine ring. Any said, drug dealer. Look. So even it, Alice Johnson in that ad. It, she can't do it. Okay. By the way, <laughs> if that was there. No, she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now, so you wouldn't go to the no, past. No, but your policy. No, no, no. starting now. I like yeah. that his starting now. Starting is, now. We're not traveling through time. Yeah. to kill drug dealers. No, 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 Brett. I don't know These what kind of ridiculous, you know, uh, uh, Delorean you're hopping into here, pal. But yeah, we're, we're talking we're about just now. Killing now. Yeah, yes. Starting dude, that's before. Now that was then. It doesn't have to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, that was before. Now. That was then. And if I got what I wanted then, then we wouldn't be talking about it now. I think it was Back to the Future 2 where he got out the chalkboard with, with, the, with the two uh, – where they just lost all, you know, uh, uh, continuity of, of any sort of narrative of that film. Yes. But they really – it's like don't break it down too much. Like let's not get caught up. Yes. But they actually pulled out the chalkboard and Doc Brown's on there with the, with the two alternate timelines or whatever. I'm like that, he's at that point now where he's just like, no, no, no. Yes. Now – see, then was – that would have been in the Super Bowl ad. But now we're here. That, and that was, that was after then. And now is now. Now is here. Starting now. It's but she wouldn't incredible. have done it if it was death penalty. In other words, if it was death penalty, she wouldn't have been on that phone call. She huh. wouldn't have been a dealer. Now, she wasn't much of a dealer because she was sort of like, I mean, honestly, she got treated terribly. She <laughs> was treated. She was treated sort of like I get treated. But, Brett, she was. But she wasn't put to death. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I mean, she was treated. It's still absurd. I mean, all this, you know, it, it's all. Yes, but, bad. but The punitive war on drug sentencing is obviously like outrageous but and it's also Donald Trump gonna be like this woman who was in jail for 22 years is treated like I was treated a guy who's never uh faced a material consequence right 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 yes this woman who is who is in this butterfly effect revolving door scenario could either be put to death or is spending way too much like spending her entire life in prison is basically the way he's getting treated in this interview right now because Brett's I mean, who is holding him accountable for what <laughs> for what he just said it's, it's ter- she was treated so terrible. It's like she was elected president and then committed <laughs> numerous frauds while in office. Yep, and then, yep. uh, kind of skated by for another half decade. <laughs> yes. Built all these buildings, never paid the labor, all the stuff, all, yeah. all, all the great stuff uh, that, that I've been able to do. The, the Pizza Hut commercials, uh, slumming in those, like <laughs> just, you know, I, I was treated terribly on the set of those Pizza Hut commercials. <laughs> treated very unfairly. But you got 48 years and... That was bad. Now, today, if I did what I say that you have to do, today. and again, I'm not sure the country is ready for it. You know, China was hugely, uh, 150 years ago, China was taken over by much lesser countries because they were all drugged out on the opium and all the problems. Sorry, real quick here. Brett Bear's face. I just want to go back. to. He sees what's coming. <laughs> he, he realizes, he, he goes, oh, now we've, we've pirouetted. We've we've spun away. We've done all the all the time traveling we can do there. Where he's like, see, she yep. wouldn't even have done it. See, the thing is, if I had the if the penalty was there, the comment, she never would have done it. So now we've erased. We've gone back, like in Back to the Future. The, you look at this photograph of Alice Johnson. Her she's disappearing. So you see now, but now mm-hmm. she's come back, and now my parents are here. 
So my parents were gone. I went to the dance. I kissed my mom. I did all this stuff. And now we're here, Brett. And Brett realized he's like, oh, no, here comes China. Like, this is now not at all what, what we've Right. Been. We're now back to China. And it's like, I, I'm sure Brett Bear is still like, uh, there's still a chance he's going to do the voice. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't think he loved the way he nailed that last. Uh, he went yeah, right to the edge. It's like that awkward thing of, take yeah, not committing a hundred. You, you, you know, you feel that where you're like, ah, wish I could have that one back. That was a communist regime. regime. They, well, they dropped they, the hammer. They were all drugged out. They were totally, they were a disaster. They were taken over by other smaller countries, large sections of China. And then things happened and they had strong leadership things and they happen. put in the death penalty and they've become, they've been able to build. My, but if you, point if is, you is speak that, to President Xi, he will tell you without the death penalty, we would have a non-functioning country. Okay. Um, if you speak to him, uh, he'll, yeah, he'll tell you <laughs> yeah, that. Get him on the horn. Please get him on the horn. Uh, that also, just imagine believing with, with billions of people too. To say no drug problem. Now, you know, also the U.S. really, you know, takes it to for a lot of reasons, uh, material conditions being, you know, first and foremost, it's like and not, you know, still treating this like halfway punitive shit, still pe- have people fling around like, oh, the death penalty or whatever. This didn't work like in countries where they where they did try this. It's like you could see maybe stemming the flow momentarily if you're literally going to have death squads, extrajudicial, you know, killings in the street. Uh, which they, you know, they, they've done, uh, Rodrigo Duarte pulled that. Yeah. Move. And the Philippines is very punitive. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. More, more than here, of course. Yeah. Again, but that, you, and with, yeah. you could still get, I mean, not, the drugs aren't gone. You know what I mean? The drugs are not gone. There's still people. Yeah, it's just that there's drugs and also enormous violence committed on behalf of the state. That's right. That's right. Yes. And, and to get the drugs then, uh, to supply them becomes so high stakes that then there's violence there as well. There's people fight. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah, violence and, and more violence. Um, so that's just silly that he like just believes Xi Jinping. It's like, oh, he tells him, no, there's no, no one in China uses drugs out of the billions of people. And Trump just buys that. It's like Trump's one of those guys that like, I, I feel like there are people, I imagine you, it's like the highest stakes version of like someone just like clout chasing where he's like, oh, Xi is like one of the, the has high clout in China. He's like an yes. enormous, <laughs> enormously powerful world leader. So I'm just going to like trust what he says. Like yeah. it, it's like he would buy like flat tummy tea from Xi Jinping. Yeah. It's like that level of yes. influence or stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's uh he he's got him into yeah, he's got him in some sort of like timeshare situation. He's he's he sold <laughs> exactly. him a timeshare. He's really got him. He could if if Xi Jinping were trying to like defraud Donald Trump or to like you know like trick him into uh you know like um any kind of thing, really. Some sort like of MLM. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up up. Yeah, yeah. You could get him. Trump's got, like, wearing those leggings. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, now I just need, yeah, if, if I can get, like, if I can get 10 other people in these leggings. Like, I need I need, to, I need mm-hmm. 10 other leggings, and then uh, and then I get my super leggings. Yeah, my it's. Pants, you look very good in these leggings. So <laughs> the LuLaRoe. The... <laughs> Oh man, yeah, he was uh, he was scrambling in his leggings there. You you do rarely. See, he's getting old, you know what I mean. He's getting older as well. He, mm-hmm. he he's usually a bit better uh, with his with his pivots. That one was just like yeah, just flat was, on his face. That <laughs> the was huh is so good. Awkward, yeah. Huh? You know, put what? And then as he realizes, <laughs> oh, he's so furious. Oh, he wants the death penalty for Brett Bear right there. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, so that you know. We'll we'll see how that uh, how, how that 
plays out. I feel like that's that's the fun thing where it's almost like we've reached a point where you want to just go like, okay, there's all this in the middle bullshit. There's this idea that, oh, addiction is, is a sickness. You know, it's a disease and all this. Uh, and that was supposed to like, you know, help. I mean, whether or not the science behind that, whatever, but just the idea behind it, bringing empathy, compassion, people being like, oh, that's, yeah. And, and I, and I do know some people who certainly relate to that and, and, and feel that way. Uh, but I do think that like what it hasn't done, it seems is like then the answer to that is drug court. So there still is this punitive thing attached where you're like, okay, it's a disease, but if you don't treat it immediately, like in this one off here, you know, and you're going to be pissing in a cup, you know, every week now. Uh, yeah. And if you fail one of those, you're off to jail because you didn't cure your disease immediately. It's, it, it almost puts us in this, in this, like I could understand why I always going to say this is that like this old school way, as much as I completely disagree with it. And I'm like, I, you know, I've just, it's, it's so, uh, you know, ruthless, but it's like this idea of like, Oh, fuck you go die. This is a moral failing, blah, blah. I, you know, it, at least that has like some level of consistency. Anyone on the other side, which should just be shouting from the rooftops, there has to be no punitive measures attached to this at all. Like otherwise, right, it's, you, it's, you it's almost like his, yeah, it's like health based. Yeah. Yes, it has to be it's, like. Yes, you know the Mitch Hedberg joke. Uh, do you know the old Mitch Hedberg joke about like they say alcoholism is a disease, but it's the only one people get mad at you for having. Like, <laughs> you know, think about it this way: people could say like, "Damn it, Otto, you're an alcoholic," but no one ever be like, "Damn it, Otto, you have lupus." <laughs> yes, lupus is is on there too. Yeah, no, I mean it's true. It's true. And it's like, it's this weird in between that we've like found ourselves where there's that push towards, you know, compassion and, and treatment and, but, but it's still like this holdover where it just makes for almost like a, a more disturbing, if that's possible, than just like, all right, man, this shit's illegal and you're, you know, you're, you're a drag on society. So we're going to throw you in a, a sack, tie it up and, and, and throw you in the river. And like, that's that, you know, that, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the response to it, throw you in a cell and, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but like this idea of like, oh yeah, we're going to try to treat you, but there's still judges involved. There's still court involved. There's still sure. jail involved. Like there's just, there's too much of that where it's almost like we, I don't think we'll ever square that until, until there is a, a legitimate like decrim, even if not legalizing and saying, you know, you can buy all drugs everywhere, at least starting with the true decrim, which in Oregon they've done. And I think they'll slowly do that state by state of just at least possession, decriminalizing possession of all drugs. Uh, so Oregon had that measure 110 uh, a couple of years ago, which I think that's like at least a start where you just got to be like, we have to take the criminal penalties away from this and then, you know, work from there. Otherwise you're coming from a real weird place where you're like, here's help and medicine in one hand and handcuffs in the other. It's just, that's a hard, yeah. it's a hard thing. That's uh, it's, it's interesting to think about. And, and it's weird too, because the United States, this is going to sound, I'm going to say something so big. You'll be like, are you, are you a little high right now? <laughs> like, the United States is really big. I don't know if you knew that, huh? but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady using a buzzsaw. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the uh, it's and it's so fascinating with the state governments, just like different attitudes towards even even alcohol and marijuana, the two most like legally available kind of intoxicants right it's like very different state by state or yes. some places like yeah you can you can buy infinite alcohol and no marijuana even medically and then other places like uh like massachusetts i think there's still some blue laws on the books where it's like liquor store i don't know if liquor stores can even be open on sundays but massachusetts and pa sim similar in that way those old puritans yeah. I, there's a weird holdover law in pennsylvania this is always a fun one is that 
at, you go to like a convenience store or whatever. Now you go to like a beer distributor, you can buy a keg or, or cases of yeah. beer or whatever. But at the convenience that sell just uh, six packs and 12 packs, you can only yeah. buy one 12 pack at a time. But that just, at that point, all that means is every convenient I've ever gone to growing up, it's like you can bring five 12 packs of beer to the to the register and they just ring you up for and one and you leave you up and you five come, times. I'm just like, what are we doing here? Where where I grew up, you can't even like they don't even have beer at a convenience store. You're not right. allowed to to do that. That's in Massachusetts. Yeah. The, the liquor store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For PA very, it was like that like for a very, while. We we slowly kind of made our way. Are you guys state controlled for the liquor for the liquor stores too? No, New Hampshire is though. New Hampshire, yeah. So it's PA. PA is, has has yeah. state state stayed on the liquor. Yeah, it's it, th- all those laws are very, very strange. Cigarettes are another one. Yeah. With like the yeah, tax. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Given like how, how state by state it is and how like one person it feels like or a few people that are like, this is what I think about uh, drugs can like really shape a vision, right? If they're in, in a position of enough power. Yeah. And, and you really see the kind of uh, it runs the gamut as far as state by state where it's like, Oregon has, you know, all, all possession of, of any drug is is uh, is decriminalized. And then in Louisiana, it's the death penalty for weed. I understand, as I understand the statutes, the statute <laughs> yeah, in Louisiana. Trump passed it in Louisiana. Louisiana only. Yeah. He was able to on a riverboat. He got on a riverboat and he won a he won a a, a mahjong and there's, tournament. There, yeah, there is a loophole, right? If you're riverboat gambling, you can use any drug. That's right. It's it's basically international. Ultra international waters. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it, it, you know, it's the it's the it's the time. It's it, you travel forward and back. It's like you know the time traveling. You're in the the past and the future. You run into your future self. I mean, there was all sorts of laws start to get broken uh, uh, there. But well, well, we'll hope and see. You know, I don't think you'll get the uh, the chance to do it, and I don't think uh, you know. I don't know. I, I don't think that that'll ever necessarily happen but we'll see as the pendulum swings one way and the other people are already shitting on oregon for 110 being like oh well there there's just it's a cesspool and it's if you go on the streets people and i'm like you gotta fall because they're following it up with it with without the funding yet where they're just starting to do that where yeah it's it's right you have to give people it's not just about the decriminalization right you like really have to give people access to treatment and and safety and it's not just about it, but I do think like not treating people as criminals if they're when they are just suffering is like truly a good thing to do yeah. socially. It's a huge it's a huge weight. I mean, the, uh, uh, Louise Vincent is the she's the uh, runs the National Drug Users Union. And she all she had this quote a while back that I remember um, when she's on the show that, that I love, which is like, I don't have a drug problem. I have a drug policy problem, which is like so many mm. issues for people come up and compound, you know, the, the, the chaotic use, the, 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 you know, the harmful use of, of drugs when it's like you catch a court case and it's like, that's, that's, I mean, you're talking about stress and, and everything else for people. I'm like, that's just, that's a spiral. Like for, you know, that'd be a spiral for most people. Like, I think that's the other thing is people who've never yeah. been caught up in that at all. Like if I had to go before a judge in any way, it's like, they, they think it's one thing. They're like, Oh, I've seen that on TV, either pay a fine or you do a thing, or maybe, maybe you're in jail for, you know, until you can make bail or whatever. I'm like, that shit just throws your life into, into a, a shit spiral, yeah. uh, which no, sh- like obviously, but I'm like, you see your people talk about it. And I'm like, I don't think you have any idea how that, how that system is set up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll hopefully not not see the death penalty, but we'll hopefully at least see more. We gotta uh, ask Xi Jinping. We got. I mean, I'm waiting for him to call Xi Jinping. The, the line is open for you anytime. Four four three MK Ultra is the phone number. 
for, for the weekly dose. Uh, Next that's week, real. huge download numbers. Big time. I mean, that would be that would be massive. That would be massive. So uh, please do me that solid. Uh, he calls up and he's like, hello? Mar- well, like, do- are, you do- is- are you doing Xi- a Trump? Xi Jinping sounds like Barack Obama. Yeah. Why is Xi Jinping doing an Obama? And Trump's doing like a half-ass Xi Jinping? I mean, this is... This is all too much. We got to get these guys on three-way. Well, Josh, uh, listen, I, I, my listeners, you know, we, we've learned a, a lot about, uh, uh, you know, uh, elderly Donald Trump uh, and, and the uh, drug policy laws here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think my listeners would love to know a little bit more about you. Uh, so let's, sure. uh, what do you say we slide into a, a little number called Inside the User's Studio? Uh-oh. We end our podcast session... <laughs> With a weekly dose version of the questionnaire that was used masterfully for 24 years by the late, great James Lipton inside the actor's studio. And the first question is, Josh Gondelman, what is your favorite drug? Gosh, I think I'm a, I, you know, maybe this is like an uncool answer, but I think I'm a, I'm an iced coffee guy. I'm a caffeine guy. (laughs) Caffeination. America runs on Dunkin'. No shame there, my friend. I don't know if you enjoy Duncan, but I do. I'm a big Duncan sure, guy. Sure. So that is my my drug. A Massachusetts my, man. It's not the only substance I use. Yeah, but that is a real I it is I think it would be disingenuous because it's the one that I use every day. Sure. What is your least favorite drug? Ooh. Aside from Sandy MDMA. Yeah, I think fake ecstasy. <laughs> fake ecstasy. That's a, that, that's that's low on my list of <laughs> enjoyable drug experiences. I um I think now that you can, this is again unhip, but and, and now that you buy can buy weed in stores, sure. I've been a little bit more exploratory. But I haven't found out how to turn up and down the dials in a way that like suits me yet. Sure. So no matter what, you know, I, I'll have an edible, and I feel like it's always like, oh, I took one little thing and it doesn't do anything, and then I'll take two, and now I'm like uh, trying to like turn up the the meaning the existential meaning of words on tv yes. with my remote control yes sure and, it's, sure and i feel like there's just no because i am like and i came to you most subs i mean even coffee like i i came to it like as a older person like i didn't start really drinking coffee in my 20s didn't start drinking till my mid-20s and so with booze it took me a while to like find that point but i feel like i've calibrated as an adult and i'm like oh i know how much to drink that feel or how much coffee even to take that feel to drink that feels good and how much is a little too much and then how much is like not quite enough and with weed i just have not gotten there yes yes it's uh you know i i would say it's it's people like to say it's uh you know you go to a dispensary now of course which is certainly more helpful than just you know buying it in a you know, in a, in a uh, James way parking lot uh, from, from, sure. who, from who knows who, uh, but y- <laughs> at least now you can kind of look at your strains. You got your indicas, your sativas, your high, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I, I always say this too. People, people love to go, Oh, you just haven't found your whatever. You know, some people just don't like weed. Uh, I yeah. mean, it sounds blasphemous to say on this program, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 some people just don't like it. So, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to badger people when, I hear a lot of that uh, from people going, oh, no, you just haven't found your strain, man. But I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, some people that just they might not like it. Uh, so that's between you and your uh, substance uh, gods. What uh, <laughs> what age were you? Well, you started to answer this. What age were you the first time you found yourself under the influence? Man, I was like relatively pretty old. I got like 
lightly drunk the very last weekend of college. Um, yeah, I'm, I think kind of diminishingly, but like kind of a control freak about how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't drink through college. I, I also like drove a lot. Like I was going in and out of the city of Boston from college in the suburbs. And so I was, I drove a lot and, and was a designated driver frequently. So I was 22, I think. Yes. Uh, I, I I love the way you phrase that, and I respect that of of having the uh, you like to have control over you. You know that's yeah. It, yes, I really have like I I like to know how I'm gonna feel, and I'm also like I'm also like lightly compulsive about non drug things, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I just ate that whole bag of chips. I feel like that you know, like a whole family size thing of chips in oh, like yes. three hours. I feel like I that speaks poorly of how I would react to cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Once you pop, you can't stop with the with the cocaine. That's for damn <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the nose Pringles. Nose, yes. <laughs> yes, just uh what what celebrities overdose death has had the most profound effect on you? Oh I I mean we brought him up, I think, is um is Mitch Hedberg. Oh yes. I, think, yes. I don't know if his death was overdosed, but I know he, he really wrestled with his relationship to substances, especially towards the end of his life. For sure. And I remember he, hearing the news or reading the news and it was like right around April fools. And I thought it was like a mean prank that some radio station had reported or something. Yes. It was really sad. One of my favorite comedians. Some sort of mad cow, uh, mad cow, yeah. uh, uh yep. prank on the radio. Yes, exactly. And, um, and I had seen him, performing live about six months before he passed away. And he was, um, he like was on stage kind of a little, not in a super coherent way the whole time. And, uh, and it just felt bad to see. And he was like somebody whose art I loved so much. And like, as, and, and had just seen live and it really was, was sad. Yes. Such a, such a vulnerable curiosity. Uh, uh, but and, and very sad to see. Uh, what is uh, what is your favorite slang word for cannabis? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I like say weed because I feel like it. It is the one that is the best middle ground that reflects my personality. Sure. Where like. I think there are some that I can't get away with saying because people are like, you're not that kind of guy. What like, would you, what, what, not, what would you let me try you're to, you're not cut? a chronic guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whatever. I was going to say a Chiba, not a Chiba man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. I'm um, trying to put some in your mouth. I'm yes. not like, I'm not like reefer. Like I'm not, no, like, I don't you know, see I'm it. sorry to do my Xi Jinping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you slid right into, you slid right into Trump doing Xi Jinping. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, no, I, I th- that makes sense. Weed is a good weed is a, weed is safe. Weed is a safe middle ground. It feels pretty middle of the road. Sure, timeless. Uh, what drug would you like to deal for a living? Ooh, that's a good question. I I feel like honestly the um like uh, I feel like Adderall prices are now at a high. <laughs> yes, so it yes. Feels like sell, sell, that's sell. Yeah. Yes. But I do. You know what? I bet. Like I bet. If you're a person that like sells mushrooms, I bet you have the chillest customer base. Yes, that's the truth. Mushrooms is is the is the most common uh, uh, answer, I believe, and I think it's for that reason. I think people like the the, the connection to the the clientele of like, oh, we're going yeah. on a journey. There's it, no. It feels like a that relationship feels the most like mellow and least 
fraught. Agreed. Agreed. There's not going to be any, you know, when, when you buy what you buy and you go and you, you do your thing for the weekend, you're gone. You know, there's not, there's not going to be a 3 a.m. Yeah. call. There's not going to be a 6 yeah. a.m. call. Dude, and the, we need more shrooms. Yeah, yes. We're freaking out over here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I need something to come down. Uh, yes, no, no. It's what, what you, what you, uh, what, that's a rare uh, thing for, for mushrooms. Uh, what drug would you absolutely not like to deal under any circumstances? Gosh. I mean, there's a bunch of them, I think. But I guess like, yeah, I think for the exact inverse reason, I feel like selling cocaine, you have to yes. deal with a lot of people with bad attitudes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bad attitude. And, and just, uh, yes, in a, in a, in a hurry, in a hurry, in a uh, hurry, right. in a hurry. You don't just, you know, you rarely call for, 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 for more cocaine again, like in that scenario, you, oh, you got an eight ball, everyone threw in on it. Now here we are. It's the, you know, it's, it's the wee hours and. And we're we're fiending, and it's it's uh, you know that phone call is is never uh, an understandable uh, oh when you get to it uh, situation. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's hey, very much, no worries if not. Yes, <laughs> something no one's ever said to. No, 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 no. There's all the worries, all the worries in the world. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear Mitch Hedberg say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um. Oh, great question. I think I would like to hear him say. Ducks also eat free in heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, and my. Every, I would say, no, not just ducks. Everyone, Everyone eats free eats in heaven. Free. <laughs> it's not like Subway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh Gondelman, here are your drug users. Oh, yes. Well... <laughs> I think we've arrived. I got weirdly emotional when you were talking about Mitch Hedberg and seeing him for the last yeah. time. I don't know why. I, yeah, I that's... think about he. I think he's someone who's so beloved too. Like I've never there's, I've never brought him up and had people go like, ugh, you know, or like, no, what an ass. Like everyone, I, I like tweeted something. I think there was some vulture article about like best Mitch Hedberg jokes or just like a remembrance, and I just tweeted it and like my whole replies it was like the most genuine set excuse me, set of replies to anything I've ever posted. And people were just like remembering the way his comedy made them feel and remembering yep. their favorite jokes. And it's just like, he had such a, um, a, like you said, a vulnerable curiosity and like a warmth and a, yep. and a, like a whimsy on stage that I think everyone can relate to. I, and I think it was the rare thing Great of, joke. yeah. And, and, and I think it, for, for as strong as a joke writer as he was, yeah. I think that's what people were surprised at the vulnerability. Cause you know that you know the the, the general uh, you know cocksure the, the comic's like oh I, I got totally. a, I got a dynamite you know set on my hands here I got some great jokes there's a different usually a different uh, presentation of those so I think mm -hmm. it is that yeah that vulnerability that was just really uh, you know love very lovable yeah well Josh Gondelman I think we've I think we've done it I think we've done it here is there anything uh, anything else you'd like to chat about is there any uh, where can the listeners find you I have a newsletter I'm on the road a ton so I'm 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 out. All over the country still. Uh, in July, I'm doing uh, uh, San Diego, Sacramento, San Jose, Los Angeles, uh, not in that order. F the Phoenix area, I'll be in uh, upstate New York, or not upstate, Woodstock. Uh, that's up, that's up upstate. Yeah, it's, it's up. It's, it's up. maybe not upstate. Um, but all my tour dates and everything, and, and I, I do... A news. I write a newsletter every Monday called That's Marvelous. It's free. It's full of pep talks. It's at joshgondelman.substack.com. And if you sign up for that, you can get a free fun newsletter every week. Plus, it'll update you to all the other things I've been working on. 
I would I cannot uh, recommend that enough. And because you know, there's Thank a lot you. of you know, a lot of this stuff you do a show with somebody. Oh yeah, suck and fuck all this bullshit. This is the truth when I say <laughs> you know you know how it goes. But it's like uh, I I, try, I want I want the listeners to understand. Just there are there are few uh, few you know just wonderful uh, souls in this in this business, and you're one of them. And I always uh, I always thank you. And likewise, yes. Such a pleasure to get to chat. Absolutely. I, I, I want to thank you again for, for joining me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. This has been your Weekly Dose. Hey, America, there's needles you can sleep in with your children, with your daughters, with your sons, and with your husband. Self-Medicated Weekly Dose is hosted and produced by me, Murph Meyer, with support from Pop Culture Collaborative. Our theme song is My Congressman by 15, courtesy of Jeff Ott and Hopeless Records. Original artwork and production design by Diana Kolsky. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the program, you can listen to new episodes of Weekly Dose every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, subscribe to the Self-Medicated YouTube channel to see new video clips from the show each week. Follow me on Instagram at Murph Meyer. And for some top-shelf harm reduction resources, head over to selfmedicatedpod.com. Also, don't forget, you can call the Weekly Dose podcast anytime to leave me a voicemail message with your thoughts on drugs and the people who use them. Just pick up the phone and dial 443-MK-ULTRA. All right, that's about it for me. I'll see you next week. Love and solidarity. Goodbye.